And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel, and I am just I'm just so happy to have you with us this week. I mean, you know, I'm happy <laughs> I'm happy every week, but I'm particularly happy this week because, you know, this week is new, right, Matt? It's a new week and it had some pretty cool stuff in it, it this did. week. It did, it did. You know, we figured that, you know, uh, because nothing huge happened in comics this week, or at least nothing we didn't already call, we're going to, you know, try and devote some time to catching up on television. Uh, I don't know if people remember this, but Matt and I actually used to do a TV-centric show for a little bit that people liked, so we're going to talk Jessica Jones, we're going to talk the news of the week, uh, we're going to finally talk Rebels now, because I don't think it's spoiler anymore, I think people, uh, by now they've either seen it or they haven't. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since it ended, and I think everything's sort of settled yeah. now for it. But yeah, yeah definitely can, going to be talking about that. Yeah, we can talk Legion, we can talk Flash and everything. It's going to be a good time, I think. Yeah. And I mean, for you out there listening, I mean, I, I, I sure hope you think this is going to be a good time, because if not, <laughs> Matt and me are fucked. <laughs> also, too, I was trying to stall for time. I wanted to thank... Uh, our newest patron i always try and make a big deal of that whenever we get a new patron to thank them by name but i cannot find their information let's just say hey if you're the guy who gave some money to patron last it's you and you know <laughs> you know who you are you, you know who you are <laughs> and we thank you for it as always if you want to listen to this show first before anyone else you can become a patron and get both the audio version and the uh video version that matt is nice enough to put up yeah yeah Absolutely. And get it for a little as a dollar. A little as a dollar a month. That's $12 a year. Yeah. That's the, that's a solid deal. I, I heard about that in my business class. Be sure to stress how much that is over time. <laughs> also, it was Jose Burnell who gave a whole dollar. So thank you, Jose, and thank you to all the other patrons for keeping this show afloat and making sure I can still pay Matt every month. <laughs> and also pay for the upkeep of this over on SoundCloud, which you can go to. And yes, I fixed the cutting off problem now at the end. So if you're listening to it there, you're listening to the audio version straight straight from Matt's recording. So you know it's good. You know it's good. Which uh, apparently the reason it was cutting off, I thought it was my rendering process, Matt. Uh, turns out it was actually an OBS problem. And I just got a big OBS download uh, to fix stuff. So here's hoping that was the problem. Is hoping. Yeah. And if it's not the problem, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad at technology. I don't even know how to get the show on iTunes, even though I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if I pay a person to put it on iTunes? Is that a thing that can happen? You'll be taken like out a, a Craigslist and. Yeah, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. They need someone to the iTunes. Oh, man. What a Craigslist ad. That would be single white male, 20s, searching tech savvy person, enjoys long walks <laughs> on beaches and can help me put my podcast up on iTunes. <laughs> up for anything. Send. And now we wait. <laughs> <laughs> man i'm getting a lot of friendly replies but none of them <laughs> want to help me put my podcast up uh and with that out of the way everyone we can talk to our big first story of the week and that is of course avengers infinity war dropped their newest trailer and it set the internet ablaze matt as that usually does when a Marvel trailer drops. Mm -hmm. Especially an Avengers trailer like this. They they kind of pulled out all the stops on this one, didn't they? They did. They did. They really did. Mm -hmm. What I really dig about it is that they kind of gave Gamora narration duty and we kind of get to hear more or less the, you know, first 
real steps towards an origin of Thanos as told by her, and really, why not? She's his adopted daughter. She would know more about him than anybody. Yeah, yeah, we, we get to get an idea of, like, what his plan is, and it's obviously to balance the universe uh, with the snap of a finger, like he does in the comics. Very very interesting choice of words, balance the universe. Not wipe out, not kill, balance the universe. And obviously, you know, the big, you know, rumors flying around right now is that movie Thanos is going to be different in origins and ideology than comic Thanos. Wouldn't it be interesting if Thanos was some sort of fallen hero and killing half the universe is his idea of saving the universe? That would, that would, that would be interesting. I know the... um. I think it was the Russos or Josh Brolin gave like a um, an interview about Thanos and his uh, motivations. And they said that like he saw his race become kind of similar to like how Jor-El saw Krypton, mm. how they were like really cocky and like right. too, too much power and, and everything. And they didn't think anything could ruin them. So when they got ruined yeah. by their own folly, then he says, okay, we've got to balance the universe out. Where, unlike in the comics, when you see his origin, he's kind of already, like, a freak and an outcast and kind of like a Damien 666 kid where it's like everyone's freaked out of him from the second he's born onward. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess this is more interesting to give him a reason than as it's always shown in the comics of being like, eh, he was always evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he was always evil, he was always a shit kid, and then he fell in love with literally the personification of death, which made him <laughs> want to kill on a massive scale. Yeah, yeah. Although at the same time, I'm like, man, I hope we get a reference to Lady Death, I hope we get something. Yeah, I, I imagine we will, we'll get maybe something, I know people suggested that may, might have something to do with Hela, since she's technically the goddess of death, and yeah. they might might meld those two characters together. They, um, they seem to be going that way in the comics at the end of that unredeemable Thor miniseries, her and Thanos seemingly got together, then they never picked up that story again. Yeah, so definitely something that could happen. Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, I, th- I think the real takeaway from this trailer and the thing everyone loved was, of course, the interactions between characters. We get to see Spider-Man joking around with Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And again, making like a reference that people think Doctor Strange is like his superhero name and not an actual, like, his actual moniker. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh so we're using fake names now, huh? Okay. <laughs> you know, just tried to introduce myself as Peter Parker and here you are stonewalling me. I mean, you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> we, we both live in New York. It's no it's no big deal. I, I, I understand. Of course, Star-Lord chatted out with Iron Man, which I think that's what people want more than anything. Because, you know, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that the Guardians of the Galaxy may be some, if not the most popular, out of these Marvel Cinematic movies. So it's being like, wow, the Guardians hanging out with Iron Man. Look, look how the gap has it, been bridged. It looks, it's so cool. When I saw that scene, like... Who would have thought, like, when we seen the first Iron Man, we'd be getting something like this? Oh, yeah. This is so cool. We even get the big recreation of Captain America uh, standing up to Thanos and really standing his ground against him, much like he did in the original Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, like, literally standing ground against him and, like, holding the holding the gauntlet back, basically. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's good shit. It's good shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. I also liked it. We get to see Thanos in armor. That's also nice. Like, is he doesn't yeah. wear any armor in this movie at all? Like, I, I, it's not that I don't like casual Thanos. It's just, come on, man. 
Farmer Thanos? You don't like Farmer Thanos? He's, he's literally <laughs> Farmer Thanos from the sequel story where he was a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's totally the look. And I'm like, but why, though? Yeah, well, I think maybe if they do have, like, a reason for why he's, like, just in, like, a tank top, it's probably because, like, oh, he doesn't need armor. He has the no. Infinity Gauntlet. No, and you have the powers of a god. Or, you know, he just really he just really wants to intimidate the Avengers with his gains. That's what he wants. He's been really hitting the gym recently, so he's like, oh, yeah. Been doing the DDP yoga, man. You got to lift it up. You got to hulk it up. Hulk it up. <laughs> That's that's what he's doing. And then the Hulk's going to be like, nah, man, I challenge you to a pose-off. <laughs> and that's how they beat Thanos. They beat him in a pose-off. I mean, hey, Star-Lord <laughs> challenged Ronan to a dance-off, and that didn't work. It just needed a little tweaking. Just got to tweak the idea <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh, we get to see some more of the Black Guard there. We get some Corvius Glaive. We get some Ebony Maw there. That's cool. Yeah, some Ebony Maw uh, is probably trailer cut, but like torturing Doctor Strange, which he did in Infinity. He did, and looks very creepy, as he should. Yeah, and um, someone else pointed this out to me, I think a while ago, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, actually, he's the only cast member who got to read the entire script. Oh. So people think, because he's done it in the past, he might be voicing a character of the Black Order. Interesting. Yeah. Because he voiced, he voiced Dormammu. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting, and I kicked around a similar theory because they're apparently keeping the voices of the Black Order so close to their chest. They're like, oh, it's a surprise, and you'll see when the movie comes out. Wouldn't it be interesting if that, like, literally the Black Order are just voiced by the cast, but just changed a little bit? That'd be pretty cool. It would be. It, again, it ties into the whole narrative that's sort of been a big deal in the Marvel Universe, and that is, oh, fight your doppelganger, fight your cracked mirror self. <laughs> now they literally sound like you on top of everything else. <laughs> see i th i thought they were going to be really crazy about it when they said that you know oh, we're, we, we have people cast you're not going to know yet i'm like oh are they going to cast like you know kevin conroy and tim daly <laughs> and a bunch of like dc voice talent and have them come in and voice these guys that would actually be pretty cool i mean they already had clancy brown as surter so they already had lex luthor in there yeah, you get, like, Mark Hamill as, like, Ebony Moore. Oh, my God, and he's just sounding like the Joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, too too good, Matt, too good. This is too good an idea. And you know <laughs> they'd jump at the opportunity to do it, and they'd still only have to pay them what they would pay normal voice actors. Yeah, yeah. That's almost too good an idea, man. See, now, now I'm upset that that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's the Avengers trailer. I mean, really, is there anything else to say about it? It looks pretty dope, and we're going to be seeing it sooner than we think at the end of next month. Like, like uh, from next week, yeah, it's exactly a month next week. Jeez. Oh, it's going to be... I still get to see it two days before you as well. Lucky bastard. <laughs> lucky, lucky Aussie bastard with your early releases. <laughs> Oh, well, as we said before, don't feel too bad about that for bad. It's to make up for all the other shit that comes with living in Australia. Everything else is late and overpriced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this is the one concession they get. Yeah, this is, yeah, they're like, okay, we, yeah, all your video games and movies and everything will be, like, overpriced, but you get to see all these cool Marvel movies or every, any cool Marvel or Star Wars or any type of movie first. Yeah, there you go. You feel better now? 
and you feel better about all the poisonous snakes and spiders that can kill you. <laughs> Isn't it so- yeah, you, you, go, you get all that, but you've got to get to the cinema, oh. of, you know, through through the the, sni- the spider and snake gauntlet. <laughs> and then past the Road Warrior, you must solve the Road Warrior's Riddles 3 if you want to get in. <laughs> Holt, I am Trogdor. Me and my band of highway warriors control this territory. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it, Trogdor again. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get to the movies look Trogdor tell you what if you let us go I will buy you a popcorn with butter how about that <laughs> this pleases Trogdor you may pass <laughs> uh, but yes from there everyone we have some comic book news here uh, so James Tynan is going to be closing up shop on his detective comics run very soon a hell of a run wouldn't you agree Matt I would. He's done some amazing stuff with these characters, specifically like Cassandra Kane and Clayface characters who uh, who in recent years have been sort of left to like just Language. or left out basically. Yeah, just left out basically. Yeah. Given a lot of love to a lot of these characters. He's he's making Batwoman so good now I want to pick up the Batwoman book and see what I've been missing. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's really solved this issue that came out this week. He continues the whole fall of the Bat family thing, and, you know, everyone's at everyone else's throats, but for pretty good reasons. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, an actual reason and explanation in the comic mm. to tell you why all these characters are fighting. Yeah, it's that's a hard thing to do, to have your heroes fight, but to have it be like, no, no, that's justified, and, you know, everyone makes a pretty solid point. Yeah, that's the thing. There's no, like, real bad guy in this in this no. fight they, they all have really good points no no one's being unreasonable and it's funny you know i think a lot of people jump down uh what is it batwoman's throat when it's like oh she killed she killed clayface she loves murder only for her in this issue to be like no nah, i agree with batman like nine out of ten times but that tenth time he's gonna freeze up and do nothing i'm gonna get something done yeah, yeah, it was really good. And she's like, look, it's not like I'm going to continue killing or anything. In fact, I want to double down on non-lethal uh, methods. I'm just like a cop or a soldier. And I'm like, eh, well, that's that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the way she's arguing, it's like, you know, Batman puts more lives at risk with his inability to act when it counts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, like, she makes really good points. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, you know, Kate, you, you did your homework. You were clearly in debate club, weren't you? <laughs> and even Tim is like, you know, oh, the, the you know, the Belfry project, it's falling apart. My dream is falling apart. And Batman's like, look, you know, Tim, stop beating yourself up about it. Just let it go. We, we can go back to being Batman and Robin. We can just do what we always do. And Tim's like, no, I can't stop. It can't all be worth nothing. I lost everything. <laughs> And Batman's like, hey, you want to maybe get a little psychological help? No, fuck you, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you, Dad. I'm not crazy. You're crazy. (laughs) Well, actually, son, we're technically all a little crazy. Look how we're dressed. We're in a cave right now. (laughs) But yeah, so his story's coming to an end, and it's building up to a hell of a crescendo, but they've already announced who's going to be taking over the next arc. Not taking over the book, period. And there's a lot of this happening at DC right now. Big... DC Rebirth era books are ending and writers who have been on the projects for years are leaving and they're only announcing people who are doing fill-in arcs but not people who are taking over the book period but for Detective Comics it's Brian Hill of the Wildstorm and all that stuff who's coming in to write Batman 
Yeah, he, he's recently been writing the Michael Cray Wildstorm book, which I haven't been keeping up with it, but I know is pretty amazing. Mm. I know like that the, the, the premise of that book was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I was hearing good things about it too. And uh, his big marching order for this story is, hey, let's have Batman team up with his old Outsiders teammate, Black Lightning, almost as if Black Lightning is on television right now and could <laughs> use to have his, uh, his thing boosted just a little bit. Yeah, his his boosted. Uh, he's also got a um, a mini series, doesn't he? Yes, going he at the moment, Black Lightning. Yeah. yeah, which is basically just a retread of the stories everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. Which is nothing wrong with that for a whole new generation who's just reading about him for the first time. There's worse things to do than check that out. Yeah, yeah. I'm also kind of interested too to see them talk about Batman and the Outsiders t- as well, because if you remember back in Dark Knight's Metal. There was a whole offhanded line where Snyder says, oh yeah, and Batman brought the Outsiders together for the sole purpose of hunting down the Nth Metal. Yeah, that never really went anywhere. Nope. And I, 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 when I when I first heard that, I thought, oh, well, we're, we're probably going to get like an Outsiders book like in this new D, new age of DC or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. I thought we we're going to get like some form of the Outsiders or something, mm-hmm. but apparently not. <laughs> nope, apparently Snyder was throwing everything at the wall and they're like, no, 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 no. Even, even we can't do anything with the Outsiders. <laughs> I mean, come on, Katana, Black Lightning, Metamorpho. Mm, no, no, no. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like half of them are already on like other teams exactly. in that new de- new age of heroes. <laughs> that's probably why they couldn't do it. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, we already still have Katana and Suicide Squad because of the movie. We're making Metamorpho our thing over here in the Terrifics, and I don't think anyone's going to read a book about Geo Force. <laughs> the Adventures of Geo Force and Black huh? Lightning. You never know. You never know. There's that one person. That's true. Exactly. Any character you can name, there's a super fan out there. They're probably listening. They're probably in the comment section right now. (laughs) Also, as we've seen with television and movies, we make fun of Geoforce now, but he's just one CW series or movie away from being the next big thing. Not even that, like just appearing on like The Flash as like a villain or something or a hero or something. (laughs) Season 7 of The Flash, Geoforce. <laughs> yeah, they've killed or, or used every other villain, so now they're, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. No, you know what it would be? Him and Condiment Man oh, team up. <laughs> Condiment King, yeah. See, here's the thing. If they did do Geoforce, they'd have to do them on Black Lightning because they've already dropped several references to the Outsiders and the Force of July and everything else, so he would have to be on that show. Oh, really? I, I haven't been watching black lightning i'm like three or four episodes behind i need to catch up on it but that was because i got far behind on all my other shows because i had to watch jessica jones and we're going to talk about that at the end of the show yeah we're going to need to catch up on everything we got krypton starting in two days we do have krypton starting and after talking so much shit about it after that one trailer and jeff johns going (laughs) no 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 i promise this is good i'm like all right jeff johns don't you don't you steer me wrong now (laughs) and don't you fuck me david goyer like you love to do (laughs) you lull me into a false sense of security you invite me in i think it's all gonna be fine but then no (laughs) although that being said goyer was involved with constantine and constantine was good for the one season we got out of it (laughs) here's here's hoping krypton is more like constantine and less like gotham 
how involved was he on Constantine Day? Was if he was an executive producer, that means he just like sat down yeah. and just put his name name on the show. Apparently, he was quite in love with it. Apparently, he was quite the cheerleader for it. But then again, you know, hey, here's a sour man in a trench coat who smokes and is a dick to everyone, but who is loved for it. Unlike the real David Goyer, who does that and everyone hates him for it. <laughs> Constantine is everything David Goyer hoped he could have been, but wasn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that, everyone. Uh, yeah, Brian Hill taking over for an arc. Good for him. Excited to see what they're going to do with it. But at the same time, I'm like, why aren't you announcing who's going to take over Detective Comics? This has been one of the greatest eras in Detective Comics. Who, who Who's next? A lot of the writers like haven't been announced for like, no. oh, well, what I'm calling it is like, is like rebirth phase two yeah um that's a good way to put it so, so it makes me think like maybe have we got like an event like set between these like transitions no no i don't think so no or maybe maybe may, i guess maybe like no justice would count as an event maybe and also like doomsday clock got moved around so we don't know what doomsday clock is going to mean for anything yeah, because I think maybe maybe we have like this uh, like a big event or something like No Justice, mm -hmm. and then they'll be like, all oh, these new writers are coming out of this or right. something. Because again, it's like Green Arrow was like that too. Okay, so here's a filler writer for the next arc. Well, who's taking over after that? We don't know yet. Yeah, I, I know for like Justice League, we got um oh who we got on art? We got um Jim Chung. Oh on yeah, no oh, yeah, they stole Jim Chung away, didn't they? Yeah, the guy who did, he's responsible for, like, Secret Warriors and just, like, some of the really good shit at Marvel. Really nice. He's over at DC stuff. now. <laughs> Which, again, I say stole away. They didn't steal him away. They gave him a bunch of money. It's like, hey, you want to come here and draw <laughs> Superman and Batman? Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> I draw so many Batmans. Look at my sketchbook. Look at all the Batmans. <laughs> I'm an artist, so of course I draw lots of Batmans. <laughs> but yeah hey more power to him and it's nice to know that justice league is probably gonna look really awesome really soon oh yeah definitely yeah it's gonna be a good time for that i would wish they would announce some of these people i mean we know that benjamin percy when he's done with green arrow he's gonna be writing nightwing now and he's gonna be like the new long-term guy on that I'll probably pick up Nightwing because of his Green Arrow run. Absolutely. I wonder, are they just going to play, like, musical chairs with it where it's like, okay, Tim Seeley, you know, you're done on all this stuff now. Come off Green uh, Green Lanterns. You write Detective Comics now. And James Tynan, you go over and you write Nightwing now. Or you write Green Arrow now. And then we'll just move everybody they, around. What they do is they, they're playing, like, musical chairs but with offices. And they all move to the offices to their right. So, like, yeah, like, oh, I'm now... And that's how, like, Bender's got, like, both Batman... Uh, both Superman, Superman books. <laughs> Dan DiDio comes down, okay, I'm going to play the polka music. And you guys go back and forth in the offices. And when I stop... That's the book you're going to be writing for the next 52 issues. That's, like, three to two years. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I, I definitely don't think they're going to drop the ball on some of these books, but I hate the not knowing part. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's getting a bit frustrating when you're like, oh, who's going to be taking over this book after this amazing run? Hopefully yeah. it's not something that's bad. Yeah, like, like I hope the fact that they've announced these filler arcs is kind of like, okay, let's really buckle down and find someone good and not, uh, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think also like um, Robert Vendetti's coming off of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern yes. Corps on like issue fifty or something. That's that's also on here. We're going to talk about where Vendetti is going actually. Yeah, well, he's got a little bit of time. It only just hit issue forty, so he's got ten more issues. Yeah, yeah, he's still got some time there. So uh, 
Yeah, another thing we got going. Well, actually, I mentioned Tim Seeley, and we're still at DC, so I might as well talk about this. Uh, in the lead-up to the big summer wedding of Catwoman and Batman, uh, they announced a series of, uh, what is it, f f five little standalone issues that are going to tie in and take us into that. And they're all going to be written by Tim Seeley, and it's going to focus on all the different uh, Bat family children and how they're dealing with it. Uh, so if anything the the tie-ins will be good to the series yeah yeah like again they're all written by Seeley, awesome and they're gonna have some pretty interesting pair-ups so it's gonna be like nightwing versus hush and uh red hood versus anarchy and batgirl versus the riddler and damian wayne uh robin versus rachel ghoul yeah, so it's, it's going to be some pretty cool things. I, I am interested, though, because we've seen, like, the Joker teased for this as well. Yes. I'm surprised he doesn't have, like, a tie-in. I'm waiting for that, like, that to be, like, a, a whole nuller set of tie-ins uh, with the, with the jo Joker going and doing shit or something. Yeah, right. I mean, they got to they, they gotta make their money, right? Yeah, yeah. They got to they gotta get it back somehow. And, you know, Joker, Joker, you put him on something and he sells. Yep, he does. And I mean, now apparently, if you're gonna have three Jokers, yeah, that's like another thing. There's there's three more tie-ins. What whatever happened to those? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Well, again, they keep saying up and down that's Jeff Johns' story to tell, which makes me think: is that gonna be told in Doomsday Clock, or is that just does well, that just keep getting moved down the line? It seems to imply that it's going to be told in Doomsday Clock since we've got two characters actively searching for the Joker. Yeah. And and the implication that one might become the Joker. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to take in for sure. I mean, I'm definitely excited for these books. Again, I love Tim Seeley. I love his take on the Bat family, especially the sidekicks. I think some of these are going to be pretty good. And in a lot of cases, it's characters we haven't seen in a bit where it's like, oh yeah, Hush exists in the DC Rebirth universe. He's running around. We just haven't seen him. Yeah, and w which is kind of like silly because like he is quite a big threat to to batman and the bat family because his history with them yeah and yeah why haven't we seen him before this time we, well we probably they we probably have there's probably like some person out there who's oh, reading yeah. a book neither of us are reading and he's appeared in it or something oh, of course isn't that always the way I, I i like to uh what is it you get anarchy it's nice to see they're pushing anarchy pretty hard and he's showing up and stuff yeah, especially considering, like, since his arc uh, just gone in Detective Comics, mm. we haven't seen or heard of him no. since. <laughs> and it's fun to set him up against uh, Red Hood because it's like, hey, you know, I'm the fuck-up of the Bat family, you know, I'm the black sheep. And Anarchy's like, you know, hey, I'm kind of a fuck-up too, and I'm kind of a good guy, and I'm kind of a bad guy all at the same time, but I arguably have more of a code of ethics than you do. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting pair-up. Yeah, I never thought I'd be interested for a Red Hood story, but I'm actually quite interested <laughs> for this Red Hood story. Yeah. And it's Tim Silly writing it, so it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be the usual Red Hood wank that we used to. No, no, he's going to actually write him like a character and like a person. <laughs> yeah. Which is always nice to see. Uh, keeping with the DC train, because it was just a big DC news kind of week, uh, apparently DC and Warner Brothers are developing a new Gods movie, and they already have a writer and director attached to it. I'll believe this when the camera's rolling. Isn't that always the way? Like, here's the I'll, thing. DC I'll put it, put it with all the, all the rest of those movies they're going to be making. The Suicide Squad sequel, the three Joker movies, the Flash, Cyborg, the Green Lantern movie... And it was also like greenlighting this just shows me they haven't learned a fucking thing because it's a new gods film. Why aren't they greenlighting Superman two? Yeah. Uh, 
you know, a, um, a f- fast-tracking Wonder Woman, all this stuff that they should be doing. No, we'll just do a, a fucking New Gods movie because for some reason people want that. Well, you see, Matt, a lot of people were talking about Steppenwolf after the end of <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> they, they weren't saying good things, but boy, howdy, were they talking about him. And we feel like... I'd, lo- I'd, lo- I'd love if that's what WB thought. They're like, oh, people are really talking about this, this Steppenwolf. And like some interns like, yeah, but it's not good as like, no, no, they really like this, this Steppenwolf. We'll give him a new God's film. <laughs> no news is bad news. <laughs> also, too, where it's like, you know, like you said, I, I'm amazed that this project seems further along than that solo Batman movie or a Superman sequel yeah. or any of this other stuff. And it begs the question, is what what what, what canon is this going to be in? Is this going to be in any canon anymore? Are you just doing a new God's movie because... Yeah, are you just doing movies now because you feel like it? Have you just ditched the the cinematic universe? Are you even still doing that? Because it seems like you're trying to have it both ways right now. Like, yes, we're making sequels, but we're also concentrating on more standalone stuff. But if they're popular, we'll put them in continuity. We don't know. Yeah, again, it's it's all a mess. and They, they appear to have not learned a thing. I think it's so funny that as it stands right now, New Gods is technically further along than that Flash movie they keep firing directors off of <laughs> and that they keep leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now, who's the director they got off this? It's the woman who just did uh, A Wrinkle in Time. Ava Devani? Devani? Devane, which I kind of question. People seem to be like praising her for it, but I'm like, why? She did like a low-budget biopic film which was good i really liked selma and then like her new big budget blockbuster is tanking at well, the box office i, I think from a visual <laughs> and that was her, and that was her passion project as well she was so many years on that I know, so that's, yeah that's so sad to see and i was rooting for that because like i read the wrinkle in time book in school so i actually know the story and everything i think that a lot of the buzz and rightly deserved buzz too is like wow look how she was able to bring this fantasy world to life and look how she was able to work with all these eclectic actors and everything and make it you know kind of look like something off the page and i'm like yeah agreed that's really awesome too bad it didn't make the money you were looking for (laughs) yeah yeah but then again it's like hey you know what let's let's roll the dice on this why not (laughs) <laughs> it, it's just it's just money right spend it now we can make more later <laughs> this the, 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 this is their new thing when it comes to making films money what's money <laughs> <laughs> just you know just just making it rain up in here <laughs> you know who probably had the funniest thing when this news was announced jonathan hickman on twitter did you see that though what did he say oh it was hilarious he basically said what you were saying where it's like you know oh they're doing a new gods movie hey here's my casting for dark side nothing matters if the script sucks hey here's my casting for high father doesn't matter if the script sucks then he keeps going down like three or four and then he gets to like uh the bottom one of a new god character he likes and then he actually gives a real answer (laughs) i'm like oh hickman you're funny i like you uh yeah and then and then also yeah as we were saying before big question if it's in canon with like the justice league and everything we're not going to get kirby new gods we're going to no. get this weird Zack snyder weirdo alien everything is gray <laughs> shit and not like the the crazy kirby stuff that we ironically saw in a marvel film recently yeah, which ha- which how weird is that that it's like no no, no you already got to see weird ass third world uh, or fourth world kirby stuff it was just in thor ragnarok yeah (laughs) 
hey, can we get Taiko Watiti over here to do this one? <laughs> can we steal him away? No, no, we can't. Shit. Yeah, and and then also like Dukod's film, you got to explain literally everything to people. Like, yeah. oh, who was that guy sitting in that that big mechanical chair? Who? Why is this guy like wearing like BDSM gear? Why is that tall woman like wearing BDSM gear? <laughs> <laughs> because Kirby had his kinks. Okay, everybody, <laughs> don't 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 we all? He was just smart enough to put it on the page and get paid for it. <laughs> One day I hope to do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. It's like, that's a lot of stuff to have to explain. Like, here's the thing. New gods are niche even amongst comic fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I know plenty of comic fans who don't know shit about the new gods and new Genesis and Apocalypse and all this other stuff. They might just kind of know, like, oh, yeah, that's where that's where Apocalypse comes from, right? He fights Superman sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all, like, people I know know about that. Oh, there's that dark side guy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's that planet that has, like, the volcanoes on it mm. that's called Apocalypse. <laughs> and it's, like, meant to be intentionally weird and trippy and out there because that was the time in which they made it. Yeah, yeah. As like, do, do you really want to do that to a film? Is that something you're willing to commit to? <laughs> or, or probably not yeah or are you just gonna treat it like another superhero franchise yeah again i i keep get thinking oh the new gods are gonna get turned into the guardians of the galaxy that that crossed my mind too where it's like well can this be our guardians then because you know they're in space yeah. and they're weird yeah and they're gonna cast some pretty boy as as orion uh, without realizing that he's meant to be really ugly yeah on the inside <laughs> and the outside <laughs> oh well we'll keep you we'll keep you posted on this one as it happens but again don't be surprised with a lot of these dc film products if you don't hear about it yeah that'll probably just fade into nothing oh, which is kind of sad because i would like a new gods movie but i'd like a good version of it if possible <laughs> but uh yes uh, after that everyone we got some more comic book news here uh this more marvel fresh start related stuff here uh, Laura Kinney is getting a brand new series as part of Fresh Start. She's going back to being X-23. Yeah, um, all new Wolverine, at least with Tom Taylor at the helm, is ending, uh, at issue 35 after he's done his old woman Laura storyline, which is the storyline after this current issue. Um, so it, it didn't say the book was ending, though. It just said that he, he was coming off as writer. Right, and I guess the book is becoming this now maybe yeah so yeah she's kind of yeah it was funny as well because they in this this issue that came out the week just gone um was a an x23 centric issue with her reliving a a moment in her past as x23 so yeah kind of building like the the supports for that series this is this is kind of like uh i'm trying to think of a good word to describe it it's a bittersweet moment because it's like obviously old Wolverine is coming back and they're trying to cut down on, you know, so many characters all sharing the same code name. But at the same time, it's like, but Laura's time as uh, Wolverine was really good and her costume is really awesome and it feels like a step back. If you're going to make her X-23 again, that's fine just from a naming standpoint, but at least let her keep the Wolverine costume. Yeah, to to be honest, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner, especially around the time Logan was out, Mm. because, like, everyone goddamn loved X-23 in that film, and I'm like, I'm surprised we didn't get something that made Laura turn back into, like, a little kid again. (laughs) Well, they already had a little kid in there in Honey Badger, so they already had that baked right on in. 
Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, I guess she's going to go along for this ride, too. It's uh, Mariko Tamako who's going to be writing this one. She was writing the She-Hulk book. I really liked the first arc of that She-Hulk book. Then it kind of meandered for a little bit. But I think she does a good job balancing tragedy and comedy and action and all this other stuff. I think she's a good fit for X-23. Yeah, well, X-23 has all that tragedy, comedy, action, Mm -hmm. suspense, drama, all that sort of stuff. So it's like, well, I'm kind of upset that, you know, it kind of feels like they're taking a step back with Laura at the same time. It's like, well, she's popular enough that she was able to get another solo series. And here's hoping that the fan base from the all-new Wolverine book will follow her to this. Yeah. It also makes me question, like, what is going to happen with her as Wolverine where uh, in the pages of X-Men Red? Yeah, that's a good question, because it's like she's on a bunch of teams now and still being called Wolverine. Is she just going to show up miraculously one day and be like, hey, guys, I decide I'm going to be X-23 again? Yeah, and again, Red's written by Tom Taylor as yes. well, so... Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know what's going to be happening with her. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a weird time for her. But hey, it is what it is. And uh, speaking of things that are what they are, another new piece of news that came out this week: uh, Robert Vendetti, as we mentioned, he's going to be helming the Hawkman solo series now for DC. Once that becomes a thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll definitely give it a look. The man knows his cosmic work, and you know, Hawkman is getting a hell of a rub from being one of the central figures in Dark Knight's Metal, but at the same time, too, I'm a comic fan who knows his history, and I know no Hawkman book has lasted very long. No, but maybe with this push of Metal, it might last a little bit longer, and I I know they're going back to the um, the reincarnation yeah. uh, one, I, be- I believe, or like the Thanagar one, or like a sort of a, a balance between the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is really cool. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping like we get to see stuff like Adam Strange reappear mm. and some some Ranthanagarian stuff. Well, judging by some of the artwork we've seen, and I don't know if this is just uh, was Chung testing or if this is some stuff we're actually going to see. But it looks like for Justice League, Hawk Woman is back. So are we is this Hawkman book going to be a Hawkman yeah. and Hawkwoman book? Well, I don't know whether I don't know whether she's gonna be Hawkwoman in there or whether she's gonna just be like Lady Blackhawk or something. Yeah. Well, in the picture, she was wearing the costume. She was wearing the old costume. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. So they're not gonna call her by that name that she was in in the in the metal issues when she was fighting Wonder Woman. It was like Blackhawk or Lady Blackhawk or well, something I, like I that. Think, I think that's because she became evil. I'm sure when she's purified again and is reunited with Carter, she'd be like, "Well, I guess I'll be Hawkwoman again." yeah probably because that's how it works oh look my old costume's here and it looks exactly like how it used to (laughs) isn't that funny because yeah basically all all the stuff we've been seeing for this new like post justice league no justice team is like oh so it's just the cartoon team now huh all right good that's that's what it should have been kind of seems like a john stewart's on it as well so yeah yeah feels feels like that's how it should have been from the get-go i'm i am all right (laughs) with this i'm sorry it took you five to seven years but i'm glad we're finally here now yeah we finally have a justice league book that's kind of worth picking up yeah it's funny too that it's like okay we trust uh the two green lanterns uh jess and baz enough to hold down their own book and not be on the league so john stewart can come in but cyborg is still gonna be there (laughs) i don't think he's gonna be there for very long i think maybe like martian manhunter would take over well that's the thing where it's like okay well now that you have this team here as much as i hate to say it victor seems even more superfluous than he did before 
Yeah, yeah. Now he looks even weirder against the other team. And again, I weep for him. It's just like, guys, just come on. Just make him Just make him go join Titans. Is that is that so hard? <laughs> I know you'll have to be like, yeah, okay, so all the history with them did exist. You just forgot about it. Like, tell a story that lets him go back and join the Titans. Again, you just, just get, like, Wally, the, the pre-Flashpoint Wally, Wally to come hug him. And then <laughs> and, and he'll remember. You know what? Maybe they're keeping that in their back pocket. Maybe they're like, no, 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 no. 2020, we still might do a cyborg movie. No, no, no. They might make a Justice League 2. We need to hold out a little longer. Yeah, yeah. They keep thinking that. <laughs> let's face it. That's probably the only reason they're still running with it right now. I don't think any Justice League writer ever knew how to write Victor hanging out with the rest of the Justice League because he has no history with them. No, and that, that's what, like, makes, like, the current arc where he's, like, become the leader of them, like, seem really weird. Like, why? He doesn't, like, hang out with these guys. <laughs> and at least that's something. All the credit in the world to Christopher Priest for at least trying something. Yeah, yeah. With it. But, yeah, Hawkman, everybody. Check that one out. I will say this is probably the most excited they have people for a new Hawkman series in a long time, which is something you don't ever say about Hawkman. <laughs> No, no, especially, like, that one shot we got through Metal, that uh, Hawkman Bama was really cool. It was fun. And I hope it's a lot like that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was repetitive of a lot of Hawkman stories they've told before, but it definitely seems to serve as a good jumping-off point, if nothing else. Yeah. Now, hey, speaking of the Titans, and we absolutely were, here's one for you. Uh, Nicolas Cage, <gasps> finally to realize his dream of being Superman. Yay, but it's in the Teen Titans Go movie. Boo. Uh, so nothing any of us will see. No, but I will be sure to YouTube those uh, those scenes. I will be sure to YouTube a super cut of just <laughs> his scenes as Superman. It'll be pretty funny. I hope he has long hair and a costume like the one he was going to have in that movie <laughs> that never got made. Oh, uh, that'd be great. Which, again, I don't watch Teen Titans Go, so maybe someone can explain this to me. Hasn't Superman already shown up in Teen Titans Go, and doesn't someone else voice him? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I saw, like like a picture of him from in, in like that teen yeah in that teen titans go style so i would have thought they would have had a voice actor whether it be someone like tim daly george newburn someone like that i mean i'm sure the answer they'll give is this is titans and no one gives a shit the show is made for babies so <laughs> yeah yeah i suppose so no babies that's unfair so, you know six and up it's made for six and up everybody <laughs> which is why matt and i don't watch it because we're adults <laughs> it's not our jam it was not made for us that's that's the realness uh, but yeah so good good for nick cage if nothing else he'll finally he'll finally get to be superman yeah yeah and, and hey because we're talking about tv we're gonna give that over now to the rest of the show we're gonna do a little tv catch-up uh where would you like to start matt i'll let you decide um well, let's start with the more like recent stuff so like flash legends yeah. and stuff stuff like that right so for flash we finally got uh, the episode that everyone was excited for slash dreading hey iris got superpowers everybody and i i think a lot of people were afraid like oh no is this is this the last desperate move the writers are doing now we have nothing for this woman to do so now we're going to give her powers and a costume in hopes that she'll actually matter now yeah and she doesn't and she says some really like things really surprising things in this uh 
uh, episode that I'm like, really? What? One of them being that she's the leader of Team Flash. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Oh, she's been saying it from the very beginning that she's the leader of Team Flash, to which anyone with a brain and anyone who pays attention can say, but why, Iris? What do you bring to this team? You're not a genius. You're not a tech expert. You don't build anything. You don't know any tactics that your dad doesn't know. You're no expert on anything. You're seemingly unemployed. Yeah, that's another... Okay, I'm glad they finally talked about that, and that is, why does Iris not work at the paper anymore? But wow, the writers wrote themselves into such a serious corner that they make her speak absolute hot gibberish to try and cover up their mistake. And that is, oh, yeah. you know, and, and during the Savitar thing, I thought I was going to die. And, you know, I just don't know why I stopped going into work. Really? Really? You don't know why? You, you don't know if you quit? You don't know if you're getting a severance package? You just don't know? She literally uses the word, I don't know. And, like, no one, like, seems to care at the work no. either. Like, like, she hasn't had, like, bosses or HR call no, out. I'm like, no. hey, what, where the fuck are you? Yeah. And, again, you can tell the writers wrote themselves into the corner. They were probably in the room being like, look, it doesn't matter what we have her say. Either she says she quit and sounds like an idiot. Either we say she was fired and she sounds like an idiot. Or we say she just hasn't shown up in three years and she sounds like an idiot. So it doesn't matter what we say. We're terrible at writing this character. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, she just says nothing, gets an episode where she has some powers, doesn't really do all that much with them, really? No, no. She, oh, they, they try and make a big point that, like, she made, like, a tidal wave and Flash couldn't, and I'm like, so? He's done, like, way more, like, impressive things than make a tidal wave. He can create doubles of himself and phase through walls and shoot lightning when he remembers. <laughs> he, he can time travel. Yes, he also stopped a tidal wave, if you'll remember, in a couple yeah, seasons yeah. ago. So, you know, it's not that big a feat. I yeah. mean, it's cool. I think... I think it might have been the episode before that, but it was the episode where they, where he, um, where he was stuck in in super speed because of the the mm. nuclear bomb was gone. I really liked that episode. I thought that was really cool. That was a clever episode. It's funny. It was very much like uh, the Legends of Tomorrow episode they did, where it's like, hey, let's just straight up do Star Trek: The Next Generation, where we'll do a Groundhog Day scenario. Yeah, that that, that Legends episode uh, where ISIS was stuck in the. Uh, in the time loop was pretty cool nice focus episode on her i actually quite enjoy her as a character now because of little focus episodes like that yeah there is the legends that has some really fun episodes that yeah. that blackbeard episode which oh, was a yeah. lot of fun that was a lot of fun i really dug that one where it's like hey here's a lot of real pirate history for you and also everyone gets to play fun dress up yeah they, they just did was it last week they just did the uh the elvis one. Oh yeah that was good that was a good episode. That was fun. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they've definitely found the voice of that show, and that's cool. They're even uh, letting Damien Dark have some fun. They had a whole episode yeah. built around him and his daughter and him feeling like an inadequate father, yet also still being a threatening villain at the same time. I really, yeah, like that one where he had to, like, hunt himself before yeah. himself could kill that guy. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, like, you're rooting for him and his daughter to beat up his younger self. They're like, oh, yeah, wait, they're the bad guys, aren't they? Shit. 
<laughs> yeah, he they're really, really charismatic that way. They I are. like when, when they get to do stuff like that and they're not just being mustache-twirling villains. They're really using every part of Neil McDonough as an actor to the point where I don't even care, where it's like, wait, they've recycled him like almost every season to be the bad guy <laughs> from being like, oh, he's a bad guy here in this Legion of Doom. He's a bad guy, you know, on Arrow, and now he's here again. They keep saying, oh, Mollus is the bad guy, really? But we're seeing more Neil McDonough than anything. <laughs> Yeah, well, really, we haven't actually seen Mollus because no. it keeps like possessing. Uh, Nora, what's that? White, White Canary or Nora? Yeah, yeah. Which uh, it, it, I, I like too. They actually explained the deal with Mollus, and they actually did a very good job explaining it and to why he would be a good threat and good villain for the legends. Uh, what is it when uh, Mari talked to her ancestor, and the ancestor said, "Oh, you know, uh, Mollus is a demon, and his cage is time itself, and they're creating all these inaccuracies." and things so you know the cage will be broken and he can be free and i'm like oh okay that's that's pretty good actually yeah kind of tied in with the, the larger plot of the series which is fixing those anachronisms yeah which good good on you legends writers for actually pulling it all together and having it make <laughs> sense yeah actually thinking about your characters actually thinking that one out good good job also uh brandon routh is the adam has been getting a lot of love this season too they're really hammering a character out of him yeah he's a he's a bit of a dope but he's a lovable dope <laughs> he's yeah yeah he he has times where you're like why the fuck is this guy like he's he's meant to be smart but he's a complete idiot and then there are other times like oh he's a really cool character he's he's literally too good for his own uh for his own good and i think they did a perfect yeah. job summarizing that at the end of the blackbeard episode when he has the cure to the nano machines he put in to defeat the villain but he hated the idea of her dying and being hurt <laughs> so he just gave it to her to save his her life even though that was the dumbest thing to do it's like well, well it's in his character though yeah, I, and that also like uh, led to like the the next episode where him and Nora team up, and like Nora kind of like um, kind of turns good a little bit. Yeah, yeah. In a way, but then immediately goes back they, to being a villain. They have, an, they have an interesting back and forth. I'm like, are they trying to set Nora up as like a love interest for the Adam, even though he knew her when she was a child? <laughs> oh the the adam will he'll probably like be like that that catalyst that makes her like turn good or something of course then be like you know hey you know i just i i know things were getting hot and heavy back there but let me give you a hearty handshake because i'm the adam (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm a good guy but yeah legends has been a lot of fun they even they even snuck rip back aboard the ship in his coat and i wasn't mad at it because like rip is actually starting to be a character now and not just someone you hate yeah, and, and they had um they have Wally come on, and they actually answered like some of the questions. They're like, oh, well, now they have a speech, so there's like no problems, and they actually reference it with Wally like getting like all the totems they need, and it yep. like just causing havoc. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny too. You know, Wally on that show is so interesting because it's like, okay, I know he had a, the actor had a lot of real life problems, and that you know, I guess they put him on this show because it would be less intensive on him and everything. But at the same time, it kind of makes me laugh where it's like, oh, you know, better better watch out for legends. If you if you fall off legends, there's nowhere else to fall in the CW <laughs> universe. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is what happens when you like have a falling out with a character on a main show or like yeah, yeah you get bumped down to the to the to the, the lowest rung. It's, <laughs> it's like, this team. It's, it's like is Legends the punishment at the CW offices? Like you better straighten up and fly right or so help us we will send you to Legends. <laughs> 
for an extended stay. And I'm like, is there anywhere lower than Legends? Hey, we'll put you on Black Lightning. We don't even know if that's in continuity or if that's getting a second season. It, it's the new, like, um, when they put it, when they, like, kill character and, like, mm. put them in a coma. Yeah. You're going to go to Legends. We'll, we'll send you to Legends for a long period of time. People won't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, Le- Legends is fun. Flash is... Flash is okay. It's definitely better than the Savitar season, but there's still, like, a lot of problems here and there. Yeah, yeah. It has every, a couple of bad episodes every now and then, but then yeah. that has, like, some really good ones, and yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it goes back and forth. Also, too, in that Iris episode there, uh, what is it? Elongated Man was acting like an idiot, too. It's like, oh, I'm scared to leave. I'm not going to leave now. Yeah, I after, like, the previous episode where he was trying to convince someone to leave yeah. on and uh, and everything, yeah. I, I've, <laughs> was... de- I've decided I'm a giant wuss now, and I'm going to be a giant wuss the whole episode because <laughs> Iris needs to give me a talking to at the end of this episode to complete her arc. <laughs> Which isn't much of an arc at all, although, thank God, they got her back writing again. I'm like, good, give her something to do outside the Flash, for fuck's sake, even though she's going to be <laughs> writing about the Flash, but still. Yeah. But now the Flash doesn't have a leader. What are oh. they going to do? <laughs> the function co- completely normally. Uh, function exactly like they did in the first two seasons before Iris showed up. <laughs> Although I guess they could argue, oh, well, wasn't Wells the leader? Yeah, but they worked without Wells, too. Yeah, it, there was never really a leader. Yeah. It was a, it was a, gr- a committee. Yeah. You know, I, I'm hoping, too, now that Iris has a job, maybe Barry will say, oh, good, maybe now you'll bring some money into this house. You know, I've kind of literally <laughs> been paying for everything. Me and Joe are the only two people with actual jobs. <laughs> yeah, no one else actually has a job. <laughs> no. Hey, what happened to that museum, that Star Labs museum? Is that making any money yet? Oh, no, we didn't open the doors in two seasons. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they forgot to. <laughs> Cisco's like, yeah, my rich family's been paying the bills on all of these. I've been telling them I've been on sabbatical in, like, uh, the Cayman <laughs> Islands. But really, I've just been, you know, keeping the lights on here. Because, like, no one owns Star Labs, right? I, I don't know. If they do, they're not doing very good upkeep. It's still, like, for, for how, what, five seasons, it's still got, like, the outside is all broken and from, like, the first episode. And doesn't anyone get suspicious of this science lab running at full capacity, seeming to only service the Flash and occasionally the police, but, again, not for money? Yeah, again, it should be, like, the comic-style labs, where, it, like, services, like, all different type of heroes, has their own teams and everything. Well, they kind of do that in the crossovers, and, like, whenever another hero needs something, it's like, oh, I got this from Star Labs. It's like, did did you pay for it? Yeah, who 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 made it? There's We know everyone who's working there, and they're, like, here, standing over there. <laughs> like, like, literally, it would be fine if they just had an offhanded line being like, oh, Oliver Queen pays the bills. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, he's the Bruce Wayne of this universe. He's got the money for it, I guess. <laughs> well, does he? Is he, is he not losing his money again? I don't or know. Or something? That's, I don't know. That's, that's classic Green Arrow right there. Are you rich this month or not? Nah, I lost it all, <laughs> but I'll get it all back next week. <laughs> He, that's the thing about Oliver Queen. You got to catch him in between his richness and poorness. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's the CW. Some good stuff, some bad stuff, but pretty enjoyable, all things considered. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about Rebels next, and then we can close with Jessica Jones. 
Sounds good. All right, then. So I will let you go on about Rebels, what with you being the biggest Star Wars fan I know. <laughs> Whoa, Rebels, Rebels, Rebels. The last couple, how many episodes were there? There were like two, four, probably six episodes. They were in two two episode lots, I think. Yeah, which was a smart idea. Yeah. Um, boy, what the hell didn't happen these last six episodes? We have uh, the ongoing God. mystery of the Force Wolves. Yeah, that that we we kind of got answered a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be like a running thing. I know Dave Filoni loves wolves yes. and loves putting them in things. So whatever he does next, we'll probably have these Force Wolves or a version of them in it, and I, we'll get more about I, them. <laughs> I, I love the wolves because I can't help but think of the fox from that. Uh, what is it? That movie Antichrist, where the fox. I'm sure you've seen the <laughs> meme or the gif. Chaos reigns because the wolves yeah. is literally just like you know doom, doom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we well, we sort of learn that they're like they're like the living force, kinda, yeah. kind and like guardians of like the, a Jedi temple or guardians of the place between places. Yes, which they literally say place between places. I'm like, oh, good, take that back from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, please. Because <laughs> every time I say um, the space between spaces, I'm being an asshole and quoting Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> um. Yeah, we, we get, like, like it's all built up to, like, the last couple of episodes, which is the Battle of Lothal yes. and, and the Battle of the, the City to get the, the Empire off Lothal. And I love that this, this whole series has just been that. About just one planet. One planet. One planet and and stopping the the rebel, uh, stopping the Empire from getting it. And their awesome um, guerrilla war to do so. Yeah, yeah, their awesome guerrilla war. But, yeah, we, got, we get more Thrawn uh, we, yeah. hatching his... His evil plan when he kidnaps Hera um, and Kanan and all that. Still torturing her with that family heirloom he stole. I like, uh, someone pointed it out, and the episode goes into great detail about it. You know, the rebels are, you know, are artists at the end of the day. You know, you have Sabine, who's like, you know, a straight-up artist. She does paintings and stuff. And, you know, Hera has that family heirloom. You know, uh, the two Jedi guys have their force and everything. You know, they're artists, and Thrawn is an art thief. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a perfect example of, you know, a, a nice distillation of the Rebels versus the Empire, where it's like you're you're taking stuff you didn't make is what you're doing, and you're taking credit for it, and you're locking it away, and doing all this other evil stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good way to break it down. And I also love, like, the ex- explanation they go into, like, why he, like, likes taking their art and everything, and he says you can learn a lot of about a civilization from their art and like what type of people they are which is why he's always taking their art and locking it up and yeah. all sorts of stuff like that. i thought that was really cool he does it in the comic as well in the throne comic i need to read that yeah it's a, it's it's a nice dynamic they had going on oh hey uh malcolm mcdowell got to come back but not as the character he actually played in star wars <laughs> yeah no he comes back as like this yeah one of the emperor's aides mm people who was like studying this cave that might be an access to the place beyond places but they don't know how to access it because they're evil people oh yeah (laughs) it's it's great too where it's like malcolm mcdowell comes back as a more interesting character because he sure wasn't going to come back as grand chancellor valorum i don't think that was him that played that character really i thought that was malcolm or maybe just someone doing a really good malcolm mcdowell impression i think who played Valorum was uh, the guy who played General Zod, um, Terrence oh, Stamp. That's right. Okay, see, I'm mixing up my old creepy British men again. 
I, 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 no, no, he, he might have had a voice on, on uh, Clone Wars, maybe. That might make sense. And hey, speaking of Clone Wars, the last remaining clones get their final hurrah, so they're really bringing shit oh. full circle in the finale. I love that. We we got on, especially, like, I remember, like, going into these episodes, I'm like, I wonder if they're going to, like, bring the clones back, because we hadn't seen them for a long time. Mm-hmm. We had only seen Re- Rex. Uh, but they brought back, like, um, who they brought back? Gregor, Wolf. Mm-hmm. I think there might have been one more. Yeah, uh, for like Wolf who makes a comment about the wolves. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is really cool. I, I really like that they brought them back. And uh, who was that? I think Grigor go, goes out in a blaze of glory. Boy, does Which he. I think is pretty cool. Yes, this, this yeah. finale had a body count. It really did. They brought back all the old friends. They brought back Hondo. They brought back Visago. They brought back uh, Sabine's bounty hunter friend. Yeah, yeah, they brought back quite a few uh, people for this last couple of episodes, and so they should. And as you said, like it did have a body count since in the first couple of episodes back, uh, Kanan dies. Boy, does he! And he goes out like a boss too. And I mean, really, this is Star Wars, and as we know, the older mentor character always dies. <laughs> yeah, he he went out a uh, really really cool way, and and I like like when um when he was dying, the Force, uh. Not, not a lot of people picked it up. The Force grants him sight one yes, last time. That was cool. Because his, eye, his eyes go from cloudy back to the normal oh, color. And the last thing he so sees he can, is Hera. Is Hera, yeah, which the, I think is really cool. The, the woman he loves and also knocked up, as we find out later. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't really know when he did that. Yeah, yeah how and when did that? Was that an Immaculate Force thing? Was that <laughs> is that what that was? Or, like, please, please tell me it was something else. Please tell me it was the old-fashioned way. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably hear, hear something from Dave Filoni about that. Also, further question, human-twilight hybrids. Let us discuss. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, this is technically the first time we've ever seen that. Yes, a lot of firsts. Also, hey, first time you were telling me canon time travel in the Star Wars universe? It was kind of canon before that. Mm. But in like a, like it technically wasn't time travel in that. Um, but yeah, the... The place beyond places is like this really cool looking space with like these bridges and these Stargate portal thingies that allow you to access any part of time. It any looks like it. In time, yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course the Emperor wants that because why not? Why doesn't he want that? <laughs> Who wouldn't? Imagine how I could rule the universe if I had time travel. This also means they get Ahsoka back for a little bit because, again, hey, Ahsoka, the big original character for Filoni and the team from Clone Wars onward, so of course they want to do more stuff with her before it's all over. Yeah, and, and as well they bring her back in a really cool way where they they slightly change it so that she doesn't get killed by Darth Vader. Instead, she she gets pulled in and helps Ezra defeat the Emperor and close off his portal, but then goes back to Malachor and is stuck on Malachor, yeah. which is what we see at the end of her episode when everyone thought she died. We see her walk through that doorway, right. which is which is her coming back through that portal, which is really cool. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the Emperor, too. How great is it that they got the original Emperor back, or at least the one we always hear now? Yeah, yeah, they got the guy who played him in all the movies um, come back, in McDermott, to voice him, and he sounds perfect, he really, absolutely perfect. Like, like, except no substitutes, he's that good, and it's great because he gets to play both sides of the character. He has the big tempting Ezra to the dark side moment, but he does so as Chancellor Palpatine. He's like, oh, I'm just a friendly old man. You can trust me. I, 
I love that because it it shows you like how easily he was able to manipulate like Anakin with that like oh, just yeah. the sweet old man who doesn't who's just like talking about helping people and it's- yeah and I like when 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 um the when Ezra denies him that and like the the hologram starts like changing yeah, he becomes creepy monster face yeah <laughs> it's 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 a beautiful gamble too because he's probably like oh well ezra's never met me before he doesn't know what i look like he doesn't know what my deal is he doesn't know exactly. I'm sith so yeah i might as well try this trick and also they play up the fact that like um maybe maybe the rebels have been feeding him false information because when he appears as like just the chancellor he's like yes i'm emperor palpatine i'm here to help people yeah exactly. not like what the rebels say and everything trying to turn him against the rebels a little bit yeah true which that's a really great temptation moment because it's not even like oh hey join me on the dark side and i will give you unlimited power it's hey take this thing go back in time and you know leave your friends are you are you willing to do that yeah yeah it's it gives him an out but it's also kind of dangerous for the emperor as well because history could just repeat itself yes absolutely it's a it's a cool gamble moment yeah yeah i thought that was really cool um but the the one of the big interesting things is once we see all this happen uh we kind of get like an end to thrawn and we know from dave filoni that thrawn and ezra are, are both still alive yes um because we get like those cool uh, hyperspace whales come down and basically warp them away somewhere, and we don't know where. It's funny. I remember when we saw the big force whale episode. I was kind of like, you know, oh man, this is kind of a weird a episode. Filler, filler. Yeah, yeah, this this is a bit of a filler episode. Little did you know it would end up being the most important thing. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I was watching the Rebels recon that is on after these episodes, and even the writers said that they're like, "Oh yeah, we we knew what was going to happen with the Force Force whales and everything, but like we could tell people were going to go, oh, it's just filler episode. It's filler episode." <laughs> I think that was the best way they could have ended it, warping uh, Ezra and Thrawn away. What was their fate? We don't know. All we do know is that Ezra sat out all the important things uh, of the Luke trilogy, but maybe he didn't. We don't know. Maybe we'll tell that story. Yeah, well, well, he he did because he isn't in any of the movies or anything and isn't referenced. But but yeah, it kind of gets them in that out of that there is no other Jedi around at the time, and or and the fact that yeah, he technically was a Jedi since he got christened as one. But yeah, he wasn't around. Kanan wasn't around. Ahsoka was around, but she wasn't a Jedi anymore. Exactly. Um, and we and we don't know like how she got off Malachor or like when she yeah. got off Malachor. Nice, uh, nice bit of canon too to be like, yeah, uh, Rex and Hera were totally there at the important battles of the movie. You just didn't see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like we see like the um like the Battle of Scarif. Like I think everyone thought the movie was going to end. Uh, the show was going to end with the Battle of Scarif. I thought so too. And um, but no, we don't get to see any of that we do obviously in rogue one see the ghost so so, some of the crew are are there obviously we actually get a time jump like after return of the jedi i was not expecting that i'm so happy they did a time jump where we actually get to see uh, all these characters all grown up and everything yeah like an older sabine Mm. uh and an older uh ahsoka going off to look for uh ezra we we don't exactly know when it is after the no. return of the jedi sometime after it be sure to um, buy the book or read the comic or play <laughs> the game or whatever that story inevitably becomes well, why i imagine that might be what the next um series is going to be so it'll be like this huge sort of like trilogy of cartoons where you got clone clone wars rebels and then whatever's next i would be fine with that 
yeah, we got Zeb and um, Callus. Callus, Callus going off to like Zeb's like homeworld. That's a really sweet moment that he lets him come to the homeworld of the Lasats because, as you remember, Callus led a major genocide against the Lasats, so that he's earned Zeb's friendship and the forgiveness of his people. That's a hell of a character arc for him. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool character arc. They like set aside their differences and made friends with each other despite like all that bad stuff and sort of forgave each Mm -hmm. other really really nice stuff but very very satisfying ending i would say i was sad to see it go but i'm glad that it actually stuck the landing in a pretty big way it did it did um what else oh we also got like confirmation of that fan theory that rex was indeed that 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 bearded guy from return of the jedi on on endor i thought that was really cool that's nice that was good so so rex is technically in a live action film (laughs) there you go he made the cut as we all wanted so yeah i mean that's uh that's rebels we want to talk a little about jessica jones here before it gets too late we both finished uh, the second season of that yeah yeah i I finished a little bit before you i think you did you always do (laughs) yeah but um it was pretty good it was pretty good I, i liked it too i mean the thing that stuck with me is that you know if you you'll recall whenever we talked about these netflix marvel shows the thing i always said is that uh by far jessica jones was the best paced and it remains the best paced in season two as well yeah yeah usually like as we've said before these shows tend to have like one or two episodes where it's like okay and now we need to get to 10 13 episodes but we don't have enough content so we're gonna have like a a focus piece on this character no one really cares about stretch it out i think it helps that the jessica jones cast is smaller so when they concentrate on characters it's people you care about and it's like actually moving the story forward yeah and and they have like uh a precedence a precedence for um doing like like single episodes since she's a detective and like going and investigating someone whereas that you can't have that with something like luke cage or the punisher no no it's funny too you mentioned the punisher Uh, i think jessica jones too might be more hopeless and more dark and more dour than the punisher was little bit a little bit yeah which i bet you never thought i would say that like the punisher ends with frank castle being like yeah okay so i'm gonna go and get some help for my ptsd and everything else and everything you know mostly worked out fine for me jessica jones i chased away all my friends and i'm still a drunk (laughs) (laughs) nothing got better for me things only got worse (laughs) (laughs) ain't that some shit uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the overall story here, which is surprising because, you know, season one of Jessica Jones did the Purple Man story, which is the thing from Alias everyone remembers. I truly asked, well, where are they going to go for season two? And the answer is they kind of make it up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they, they well, they kind of had to because, like, the character only really had, like, one book. Mm-hmm. And, like, not really much to go on, so, yeah. And you can't do the modern-day Bendis stuff, and you can't do, like, her being den mother of the Young Avengers or any of this other stuff, so you kind of have to make it up, and they kind of zero in on her powers. How did she get them and everything in this mysterious group, IGH, which I love even after 13 episodes, we never got told what IGH stands for. We do in the last episode. Oh, uh, really? Is it, it is, is it the the last episode, or I think it was the episode where the doctor blows himself up? Right, right. 
uh, in the the building is I can't remember what it was. I think it was like a hospital or an ex hospital or something. Yeah. The um the hospital name like when you look at the capital letters it's I G H. Oh, oh, so that's all. So I I can't I, I can't, yeah I can't, I can't remember what it exactly meant though. Because I kept saying inhuman growth hormone, it's got to mean inhuman growth hormone, <laughs> but apparently no. Also, was I G H a big group or was just or was it just two doctors in a secret hospital? Yeah, that's the thing we don't particularly know no they kind of make it sound like well the doctor's dead and everything so i guess igh is done i'm like is it though because there were clearly people trying to weaponize it no no that guy died oh was that just one guy yeah just one guy yeah well yeah when we see it yeah there's like that guy and then there's that nurse and then there was like a couple of other people that had all died long before this show even started and everything but yeah it looked like it was all just based around this one doctor doing like shady shit in like a warehouse which which again wonderfully jessica jones though fits uh, her profile like a glove so i can understand why (laughs) and uh you know we we meet our villain for the piece who is this mysterious woman who is stronger than jessica jones and who is going around killing all the people connected to igh and even before the big reveal i'm like man you know this woman she's kind of like a dark mirror to Jess, she's kind of like where she could be in 20 years if she doesn't clean up her act and doesn't keep pushing people away and then shocker hey it's her mom yeah shocker yeah i, I kind of called that as well like when i saw that and um oh she's got the same sort of powers and uh, she yeah she's like a, a dark mirror ah oh, it's gonna be a family relation or something which, which states a hell of a precedent actually where it's like oh okay so i guess super strength runs in their genetic code and that's why jess got it and that's why her mom got it too yeah which i'm like all right that makes sense her mom is also kind of like a hulk too because even though she's super strong she's super (laughs) unstable and things will set her off into murderous rages (laughs) jesus christ does she get angry (laughs) oh boy does she ever and you know kudos to that actress she definitely sells the fuck out of those scenes she is scary she yeah she especially like the the scenes when she's in like the the jail cell and they got her like like all chained up and everything and she get i can't remember what she got mad at but she like kills that kills that guy that that um evil the the quintessential evil warden security guard guy (laughs) yeah the evil one-off guard guy who turned out he was doing evil things completely independent of everything else that was going on (laughs) and just had to go deal with that yeah yeah which is super cool uh Jerry had a lot of stuff to do this season, and it's funny, you forget, because after she was shown in Iron Fist, and after she was shown in The Defenders, it's like, oh yeah, Jerry's not a nice person, is she? No, yeah, I really enjoyed her arc in the, in this uh, show, but yeah, you realize, like, yeah, she's kind of a shitty person, like, she, she has a job where she's kind of trying to help people, but... Yeah. Yeah, she she's a really shitty person. She 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 don't give a fuck. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's right. She was really morally dubious in season one of Jessica Jones. Then they tuned her down for all her other appearances in like Iron Fist and Defenders and everything. It's nice to see how complicated she is. Yeah, and I also like like her journey, uh, like with this. Uh, what was she? She was battling like ALS or yes. something. Which which good um, job giving her ALS and not like breast cancer or ovarian cancers or one of the quote unquote lady diseases. Yeah. So um and and like her journey through that kind of like gave her a renewed sense of hope and by yeah. the end of it she's like a little bit more happy and a little less of a shit bag. Yeah. Yeah, in her own weird, twisted way. She's like, oh, I remember why I got into this business, to trick people into shooting each other. <laughs> which, which that's some that's some gangsta-ass shit, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah well yeah yeah she's like buying guns from turk and oh, I lo- I <laughs> all this little stuff i love that when turk showed up because it was getting near the end of the show and i'm like is turk ever gonna show up he's been a cameo i think there he is yeah he just provides guns for everyone there's turk I'm like is he gonna get beaten up is jerry gonna kick his ass the way everyone else seems to <laughs> kick his ass no he walked away with his ass unkicked yeah, he got lucky. That day he did. Uh, spe- speaking of references, this this season probably is the most referential to anything we've ever seen before. They mention the raft. They mention Captain America. They mention with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, they, and they mention like characters like the Wizard, and yes. uh, which is which is uh, quite a quite a pull. What a uh, deep from the cut. comics. Yeah, uh, all this really cool stuff that they mentioned or maybe they were like allowed to mention it by then yeah and stuff yeah because like the raft they mentioned that and we just seen that in captain america civil war um all this sort of stuff yeah you saw the captain america figurines and all that sort of stuff yeah absolutely uh a big theme of the season I, i i had to think it comes down to legacy how how will people be remembered you know, obviously for Jess's mother, that's, you know, with her daughter and vice versa. And, you know, do you want your legacy to be just a drunk P.I.? And for Jerry, it's, well, you know, you never built much of a legacy. Your wife is dead. Your partners are pushing you out. Once you're gone, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. And um, also, like, another really cool arc I liked was Trisha's arc. Yeah. See, I like Trisha's arc right up into the end. But, yeah, that fit into the legacy thing, too. You know, do you want to be a good reporter who changes the world or do you just want to be a talking head who spews crap every day? Yeah, and she has to, like, overcome that as well as, like, her mother who's, like, pushing her into that sort of, like... Yeah. Uh, what what was was her um her alter ego, the singing alter oh, ego Patsy name? Walker. Yeah, Patsy. Yeah, pushing her back into that life. And we even saw, like, flashbacks to, like, yes. her and Jess growing up and everything and how that sort of split them. I loved the flashback episodes. Jessica, they did a flashback episode in season one, too, where we saw all of Jess's failed jobs. They do really good flashback episodes in this show. Yeah, and even even with that, they, they link her mother up with those flashbacks where she, she's like the reason Jess became the woman she is because yeah. she killed Jess's, um, I guess, fiance. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, in a really brutal way as well. It just smashes his head against the wall. Yeah, there's some <laughs> ugly shit. But yeah, lots of <laughs> lots of interesting twists and turns. There. Yeah, Patsy had a great arc because she was kind of like going out trying to do her own thing, basically trying to be a hero in her own right while also battling a drug addiction because she gets hooked on some super drugs. Yeah, that she got from Nuke. Nuke, who like appears in one episode and then dies. It's a shame. Uh, so salty about that. Such a waste. Uh, the hand better bring him back to life. Is all I'm saying. They yeah. better give him some dragon juice and bring him back to life. Yeah. Well, I had people say, "Well, in the comics, he became a cyborg." I'm like, "Yeah, you're gonna need something. You know, he got his head twisted all the way around. So he's dead." They they got new cyborg tech for that now, Matt. They give you a neck that can't be <laughs> twisted around. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy to see him again. I'm like, "Oh, sweet, sweet, Nuke is back, and he's gonna be the villain in Daredevil season three. And he's gonna paint." american flag on his face and it's gonna be great oh he's dead now shit yeah that was kind of but i think that i i they could have gone about a different way but that needed to happen so then trish gets like that inhaler and all that sort of stuff they they also needed to sell the threat of the new villain by having him kill or having her kill the super strong guy from the previous season yeah yeah and i mean mission accomplished but still uh yeah the, the the drug thing 
is interesting because it's like, you know, oh, you know, Trish's journey is that, you know, she wants to be super. She wants to be like Jess, which is hilarious because why would any, anyone want to be like Jess? She's a freaking walking garbage fire <laughs> most times. It's like, you know, and it's like I bought that right up until the end where she was willing to, like, go under the knife to give herself superpowers and everything. I'm like, that's a bit of a jump. Yeah, yeah, near the end when, yeah, the, the doctor's, like, experimenting on her and everything. It's like, yeah, you're going a little bit too far. Yeah, you're, you know? and you're kidnapping people. You're kind of past the point of no return. And they flip it like a switch because, like, the episode starts off like, oh, she's kidnapping the doctor because she wants more drugs. Okay, I get that. Oh, no, she wants super power. Okay. Yeah, it's it's very very strange. Which is a shame because I was loving her arc right up until that moment, and then even for the very end, Trish kind of undercuts uh, Jess's journey a little bit because the whole deal is like you know, if given the choice, will Jess choose between her, the mother she never knew and the life she could possibly have, or you know, doing what's right, doing what's heroic, doing you know the justice thing and either turning in and or killing her mother and in the end trish takes that away from her she takes away the choice yeah yeah and uh again that kind of, i think needed to happen to break them apart fully yeah. because uh, i think up until then they'd been sort of okay with each yeah. other and it was, it was there was stuff there that could be fixed easily but like doing that and just like murdering her mother was kind of irreparable and that all comes in like the last two episodes and that's a shame because like yeah. i was riveted with every bit of it right up into that i'm like man if they stick the landing on this this is going to be really great and you have that scene of you know jess and her mom saving that family from the car fire and i'm like wow you know they could be like a mother-daughter superhero team wouldn't that be some shit yeah and even like the mother wanted that a little bit as well it's like yeah. we could travel around and like help people and i just want to help people but then yeah she flies into a murderous rage. <laughs> and again, too, like, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I'm like, no, 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 you see, you don't know, like, the actual guys running IGH are going to send, like, a Black Ops team to go pick her up or something like that. No, 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 there's a, there's another boss here. There's another layer. Oh, there is no other boss? There is no other layer? Okay. That's what I was waiting. I was waiting for, like, oh, yeah, there's going to be, like, someone higher and we're going to get it in, like, the last couple of episodes. And then that's going to go on to, like, the next season or, yeah. like, they're going to be, like the big bad for like defenders season two or yeah, something yeah i thought that too which on one hand i applaud them for having the gumption and having the guts to being like no no no, we're gonna have a whole show where the villains aren't actually bad because none of the villains were actually bad in this show arguably you could say jerry was the worst one yeah none of them were they're all just like morally dubious that's about it whereas like yeah it's it's kind of terrible you're experimenting on people but you're not doing anything bad you're not utilizing these people as like soldier assassins no, or anything no you, you've saved these people you brought them back to life the worst thing you could do is be like oh well you didn't ask and you also kind of framed a guy yeah and even even so like with um jessica's mother that that doctor like fell in love with her and married her and tried to have a, a normal life with her and everything absolutely and i like that that we get to see like a little glimpse into their married life because i think that's supposed to like you know continue the theme of abuse from the first season where it's like yeah their relationship looks healthy on the outside but in truth it's not actually good for anyone he lives in constant fear of her having a psychotic break and killing people <laughs> and she kind of has a little bit of florence nightingale syndrome going on and she's kind of got a little bit of stockholm going on 
Yeah, and she's got like a terrible, terrible temper where the littlest things will set her off. It'd make her go into a kill crazy rampage. And she's also murdering other people to cover her tracks and cover IGH's <laughs> tracks. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, by and large there's like some really good stuff that they even they even let Jess have more of a romantic life in this episode. She has a whole long arc with her new uh supervisor, her new landlord there, Oscar. Yeah, Oscar and his his kid and they have they had like a couple episodes dealing with like his problems yeah, and stuff, yeah. which is real cool. And they find out like he's like a an identity thief and like mm. makes pe- people face uh, fake passports and and whatnot, which is really cool. I really like that. I I, I like um, I, I like the whole arc of it too because it actually reminded me very much of an actual story from Alias. Because when you meet Oscar at first, you think, "Oh, is this guy racist against superpowered people? Is that a thing now that we can explore racism?" That kind of against- se- seemed where it was going. Yeah, a little bit. But no, he's he's not racist, and in fact, he's he's a very nice man too, and he's not like that because Jess Jess tries to force herself on him basically, and he's like, no, madam, I am not, no, <laughs> I don't know what you take me for. I was raised right, no. Yeah, yeah, he 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 was really cool. Also, um, we haven't talked about it yet. Malcolm also gets a really cool oh, story yeah. with um with like the 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 competing mm. detective agency. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chen, who I even thought he was going to be a final boss and he was going to be revealed yeah. to be a bigger villain. No, no, he's just a dickish PI. That's the, I, I, all, the whole time, because they kept building up, like, oh, yeah, he's an ex-Navy SEAL and he's he's, he's such a badass. Yeah. I thought, it's like, oh, he's going to get tested on and he's going to get powers. And yeah, especially yeah. after that episode where, like, um, Jess, like, storms into his offices and just beats he's the so shit on. out of him. Yeah, I thought that's where it was going, too, where I'm like, okay, what's what's your name? Who are you from the comics? Who are you going to reveal yourself to be? <laughs> yeah, but no, it was more of a story for Malcolm, yeah. who, like, leaves Jess and becomes, like, this, like, detective or what, what does he exactly become is it uh, does he work for he works for chen but then like he does stuff for like jerry as well yeah i, I think it was just kind of like an all-purpose fixer guy they they had a word where it's like you know oh like like risk management or something yeah yeah it was a very technical word and even jess says yeah that's what you call a private investigator when you don't want to call it a private investigator <laughs> <laughs> so, so, see these guys are so corporate man they're afraid of the name man <laughs> Yeah, well, Malcolm did become corporate. He got himself a new suit, a haircut. And... He got one of them ugly tight suits I don't like. You know, one of them ski suits. <laughs> and, and look, yeah. I, I only say that because Lord knows I couldn't get into one of those if you paid me. <laughs> <laughs> that That's not happening. Relaxed fit or nothing, man. <laughs> Yeah, and and he also had like a story with Trish as well. Yes. With like he was trying to like help her because he'd obviously in the first season gone from like an addict to like where he is now, and he was trying. He, he saw that in Trish, and Trish sort of had a thing for him, and he's like, "No, don't do the drugs." Yeah, also talking about addiction in general, where it's like you know he might also be a bit of a sex addict, and you know he's you know compensating for his addiction other places and how him and Trish are really toxic with each other in general. Toxic relationships are a major theme of Jessica Jones. <laughs> yeah, just, just shitty people just, yeah, are just, a major theme. <laughs> just the most unheroic show about heroes you've ever seen. <laughs> I think the best way that is uh, summarized is at the very end when she stops that liquor store robbery and the guy makes her pay for her booze anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you don't make Captain America pay for his booze. <laughs> uh, again, too, I suppose we would be remiss if we didn't mention this. Uh, David Tennant comes back as the Purple Man for a whole episode. 
yeah, a really cool episode where he's he's not being evil. He's just being like annoying. Yeah, and he's like he's like like helping Jessica on like a detective sort of mission a little bit where she's uh, like tracking down someone I, and yeah he's just being annoying <laughs> i hope they keep doing that i like this idea that you know he's such this you know infectious part of her life that she still can't shake him all this time later and he still exists there even after being dead you know i'm i am but a ghost of sexual assaults past <laughs> is what i am and man they're 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 repartee it was really dark, but also really funny. Like when she's going through Malcolm's Tinder, and he's like, "Oh, you should sign up. You could be JJ Five Five Athletic <laughs> Loves Booze. Oh yeah, yeah, and you can be Kilgrave on there. Six something pasty." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, these people are good. Can this just be the show now? These two just roasting each other." <laughs> and it basically was for a whole episode. Them just talking mad shit about each other. It it really was. It really was. It was really great getting David Tennant back. Yeah, it was. It was a fun time. I mean, I, really, what else can you say about Jessica Jones? Overall, I was super satisfied with it, due in most part to the fact that this show had actual, real, honest to god pacing. I wish the other shows would follow suit sometime. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe they will. I, what's the next one? It's uh, Luke Cage that comes out in July, June, July. I think. Yeah, we got a little trailer for it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I like Luke Cage a lot, so... Me too. Yeah. Misty Knight with her robot arm, that's coming back. Hey, here's the thing, Luke Cage. If you're going to have an interesting villain, don't kill him in four episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do not do that and then replace with a different villain a couple episodes later. Let's, yeah, let's I, 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 had, I had heard that they're... they're um, there, there's an episode there that Danny comes in and uh, teams up with him, and and, and oh, Danny's nice. a lot different than he was in Defenders or Iron Fist. He's a lot more fun and and just like carefree, that's sort of Danny need. like from the comics. That's what we need. Start rehabbing Danny Rand as a character in the Luke Cage show, <laughs> and you can do that because I'm sure you'll have time. Yeah, I'm all about that. So yeah, is that everything we got to talk about for this week, Matt? I think so. All right, so there you go, everyone. That's the Comic Multiverse. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. And if you're a patron, which you can become for as little as a dollar, you can listen to this one right away as soon as it's done, Sunday night. Yeah, and then you can watch it not long after that on yes. the video edition. You absolutely can. Uh, any new projects coming up, Matt, that you want to talk about, that you want to pimp out? Uh, yeah, I'll be going away for the first two weeks of April, so like videos will be very sparse on my channel, but I do have some stuff coming out that is sort of a celebration of the Action Comics issue 1000 coming out on the 19th of April or something, so yeah. keep a, keep an eye out for those videos in the weeks leading up to that. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Uh, also, even though Matt's gone, don't worry, you're still going to get your dose of Comic Multiverse. We recorded a special commentary, which if you're a patron, you already got a chance to listen to. It's Justice League. And then I'm thinking about maybe trying to get uh, Wrangle a special guest for uh for the next week after that so you're definitely going to be getting a show you don't got to worry about that yeah we're, we're always we're always uh ahead of things like that we always try to be and hey we're narrowing in on 100 episodes ain't that going to be special that's going to be good let me let me ask the fans in the comment section what do you want us to do for 100 episodes because i don't know what to do <laughs> 
Should we do something on Twitch, maybe? Should we play a game? I guess Injustice had all that new DLC. Should we play some Injustice with the DLC characters? Would people like that? We could do that, but I'd have to buy the game again. Oh, you got rid of the game? Dang it. A long, long time ago. Kick, Kickstart the game for Matt, or better yet, if a fan <laughs> has a copy, just send it to Matt. <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I, I never played Red Hood or the Ninja Turtles or the Enchantress or the Atom or any of that other stuff, or even Hellboy. Yeah. How, how, how's um how's Twitch go through, like, PCs and stuff? Because we could always just play, like, like a, a board game or something yeah. where, where people could chime in. Yeah, look, look into that. That is something we could definitely try. I know there is apps and there are things you can do that are kind of like that. Well, I've got a copy of Tabletop Simulator waiting oh, for you on nice. Steam. That's right. That's right. I, I I signed up for Steam again. What what did my name? What did I do? <laughs> I, I I did it for just this reason. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do some tabletop games. We'll have to do some fun stuff. I'm sure people would be like, you know, hey, play a what, what, what's that game everyone loves? It's like a it's like a fill in the blanks game. Uh, Cards Against Humanity? Cards Against Humanity, to which my thing is like, hey, Matt yeah. and I don't need Cards Against Humanity to say filthy, horrible shit. We do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. But I do have Cards Against Humanity on Tabletop Simulator. Maybe, so. maybe we'll break that out and see what happens, because it's like, here's the thing. <laughs> Matt and I don't need it, but we'll do it for you. <laughs> all right, everyone. So that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse channel. That's like Wednesday at 8 Eastern Standard Time. Yep. All right. So <laughs> bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.